Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So, you know, it's wonderful to hear where people come from because it's really heartwarming because you have so much ethnicity in Australia. You know, we come from so many parts of the world, and Australia is home to all of us. So we should really thank Australia for being generous and open and giving us the wonderful opportunities to live and to work and to have family and to grow and to do wonderful things. So just put our hands together and let's give God thanks for Australia. If you know anything about my background, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's kind of like traveling everywhere. So I was born in India. Then we moved to Africa, uh, lived in Africa, in Zambia, which is really Central Africa. Then we moved to Canada, and that's where I lived most of my life. So, you know, grew up mainly in Canada. So. And then we moved to Australia, so it's kind of like everywhere. So I've got a little taste of different continents here and there. It's probably coming to my words and accents and all this conglomeration that comes together. And that's good, you know. You go somewhere and they have like potluck. You know what potluck is here? I think it's called bring a plate in Australia. <laughs> in North America, it's called potluck, you know. But here it's called bring a plate. So you go there, you could have samples of so many different things. And we've got to enjoy different cultures across the world. And I'm so thankful for experiencing and knowing and encountering different people from different parts of the world. It's amazing. Well, I want to thank someone today. I want to thank all the wonderful people that showed up to our new building location yesterday that did gardening. Would you put your hands together for them? We did an awesome job. You know, we did a real transformation. I can tell you that for real. Because we just made the lawn and we put trees and plants and everything. It looks really good. We can't wait for everyone to see that because it's going to be amazing when we finally get to move into our new building. It's really good. And I want to thank the wonderful team that's put together today celebrating community. Would you put your hands together for them? They work really hard. They were here right through the weekend setting up. And if you've seen the display, they have photo booths, they have marquees, they have food, they have so many different things. And I just want to thank them and say, you guys are amazing. We thank you so much for your hard work. And all of us get to enjoy what they've put together. So put your hands together one more time for them. So today I just want to talk a little bit about celebrating community. Because that's what we're talking about today, right? So... Community is special because it brings people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different cultures, different races, different time zones, all of us together. You know, and and it's we get to, as I said just briefly, we get to experience something from a different culture that kind of enhances us. Because oftentimes we can take the best of different worlds and put it together and have something greater still, right? And I'm so grateful because I see people from different cultures, different backgrounds. All of you bring something unique because you all have something special in you. And that is community. What does community mean to you? Think about it for a second. What does community mean to you? Is it just where you live Is it just where you go to work? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it a group of people that just surround you? 
I looked up community in the dictionary, so you might find this interesting, or perhaps you already know this. It says this, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common, right? Another one says, the condition of sharing or having certain attitudes and interests in common. What you might not know is that community didn't naturally evolve. It actually was designed, and it was designed by human beings, right? It wasn't just some random thing. Because when the world started, especially in the first century, when you have where the scripture started, you know, the first century world that we usually reference into where we read our scriptures from, it wasn't the same world we live in. They lived in communities based on families. They lived in communities based on religion and background. There was not much intermingling at all between communities. And so your family became your community. And oftentimes, living so far away from different places, they don't have the mode of transportation that we have today. Because, you know, someone said they're from 25 hours away. 25 hours by plane, right? Right? But if you had to travel by foot, imagine how long that would take. <laughs> long time, right? And they didn't have super fast cars or planes or automobiles and things like that. So in order for them to travel, they'd have to travel by foot. And that would be long, arduous journeys that would take them and risk lives and separation because you never know what's going to happen on this long journey. So traveling from here to Sydney, for example, by foot... It would take you eight hours by car, one hour by plane. Imagine if you had to walk that distance. Would you take that journey lightly? You're like, oh, well, let's just jump in the car and head over to Sydney. Maybe. But like, okay, who wants to walk to Sydney? Anyone? Any volunteers? You want to walk? All right, we'll see you next year because that's how long it's going to take you to get there and back. <laughs> right? You wouldn't take that journey lightly. And so most times, people lived in isolated communities, and one person or two people will travel. And to get supplies, there would be caravans of people that will take supplies from one place to and they would trade this way. But most people were born, lived, and died probably between 10 to 20 kilometers of their world. And so communities, in the way they exist today, did not exist back then. But something happened that made this change. And it started with Jesus. Because Jesus brought an evolution to how we interact in our world. And it's amazing because you think about it and you don't understand the gravity of it until you look into what actually happened. Jesus had this radical different view of community. It wasn't the traditional community that existed in that time because he was born into a Jewish world. He lived in a Jewish world. In fact, most of Jesus' ministry happened within the Jewish world. He rarely ventured out of Jewish territory. In a few instances that we do see him, he encounters people like Samaritans and he has great conversation with them. But the majority of his world existed in a Jewish world culture but he envisioned something greater and more prosperous and more marvelous than what he talked about everyone in Jesus's world were under the same banner or same religion but Jesus changed that because he wanted to bring everyone into this brand new community 
a community that he would be central to. Because it's through his teaching, it's through his word, it's through the radical transformation of what he demonstrated that people can come in and be transformed by who they are. They don't have to change their background, they don't have to change their their way of thinking, but they come and belong to a brand new community that is transformative in its work, in its ways, and its mindsets. Jesus introduced a way of thinking that was different from something else that had come before. And he wanted all of us, no matter where we are from, and you can see the the fruit of Jesus' vision right here sitting in this building. Because we have people from different cultures and different backgrounds, but we all come together under the banner of Jesus. So what Jesus started and what Jesus envisioned when he talked about community is now a reality in our world. But it was not so when he first started. In fact, when you look at Jesus' first instance of mentioning this brand new community, and it, was, it was a juxtaposition because it was actually his last words. But he introduced something new. I want to show you this. In the book of Acts, where we reference scripture, and this is a documentation of Jesus' last few words. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Luke, who is the author of this, begins to write down the last words of Jesus. Now before I read that to you, before they put it up on the screen, I want to ask you a question. If someone is saying their last words, do you think it's important? If someone was on their deathbed, and they want to pass on information, they wouldn't be like, hey, what's on channel 9 next week? (laughs) Do you think they would waste their last breath with something like that? What do you think would be the important things they would pass on? They'd want their family close. They'd want to pass on wisdom. They'd want to pass on understanding. They want to pass on something that is so vitally important that they want to leave an impression. Don't you think so? Right? So this is what Jesus actually said. These are the last words that Jesus uttered before he was taken up. And this is what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, and here comes community, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This was something brand new. Because Jewish people were not interested in taking anything into a broader world. And so when Jesus talked about this, he talked about reaching people, not just in community, in their city, but across the whole world. And you are sitting here because those people that listened to Jesus carried his message to the world. And that's why you heard it. And that's why you believed it. And that's why you received it. And that's why you are here today. Last words of Jesus, carry this into the world. That it's not just one type of people, it's not just one race of people, but it's for everyone. He threw open the doors to invite everyone to be part of this amazing community. And there's power there, there's transformation there, there's encounter there, there's relationship there. It's all wrapped up into this because that's what he represented to change the way of things into introducing something brand new that you and I can come in. 
Because in the past, we were not allowed in. We were not allowed to go into Jewish territory. We were not allowed to worship. Even if you believed in the same God that the Jewish people did, Jehovah, you were not allowed to be part of their intimate worship. You had to be a part of it. But Jesus transformed everything because he brought us together. This is the genesis of real community that people can come together wherever they're from, no matter what their background is, and come and encounter something that will give them a real sense of connection and relationship. It exists nowhere else. It does not. And there's many things that have been copied over this, but here is the true genesis of community. And it's not based on background, it's not based on race, it's not based on tribe, it's not even based on family connections. It's building communities that everyone can be a part of. Many years after Jesus' message, and if you read through the scriptures... And you read the story that Luke puts together. He talks about how these early disciples of Jesus carried his message across the world. And it was not easy. They encountered various opposition. They were threatened. Their lives were threatened. They were beat up. They were stoned. They they faced all kinds of different situations. But it's their commitment to carrying the message of Jesus, this radical new thing that pushed them forward. And we stand here on the backs of people like the apostles because of their courage and their strength and their commitment to the message of Jesus that we stand here. Because we would not have been able to hear, we would not have been able to receive if it had not been for courageous men and women who ventured out into the unknown, away from the safety of their communities that they'd grown up in their lives and ventured out into the unknown. If you read a little bit about Paul, he tells you the various things he went through just to carry this message. And it's in this encounter, it's many years later, and I want to show you the result of what happened when Jesus spoke these last words. And then we'll be done. It was many years later that Paul and Barnabas, these men of God who carry this message, they went out and people who were referred to Gentiles, if you are not a Jew, you're a Gentile, which is pretty much all of us, right? The world was just divided into two. It's still divided into two, Jews and Gentiles. You're either a Jew or a Gentile. All of us are Gentiles. And these Gentiles had heard this life-giving message like we had about who Jesus was and what he was doing. And many people across different places had come to encounter Jesus and be part of this amazing thing called community. You find this right at the start, you know, they believed in Jesus and they sold all their property, they sold their things, they gave it to the leaders and they distributed it to those who had need. This had never happened before in the history of the world. Because think about it. If you lived in an isolated community, you were living based on what you could produce. If you could farm, then you'd be able to be fed. If you were taking care of livestock, then you'd be able to eat. If your livestock died or your a famine came into the land and your crops died, you would probably not survive. 
Because it would be too far for you to journey from one place to this and take your entire community with you to get more food. And you read through the scriptures, that's why famine was so devastating. Because it would wipe out communities, it would wipe out cities because there was no way for them to travel quickly to another place to get enough food to provide for their whole community. So famine was a devastating thing that would wipe out people in isolated communities. It's a scary thing. It's not like today. We're like, oh, we don't have food. Well, we'll just ship it over from some other country. You know, you go to the grocery store today, you buy some fruit, it says where it came from. It wasn't, some of it was not even produced in Australia. But because we have the mode of transportation that's so quick, you can put it on a plane and it arrives here the next day. And you have fresh fruit. You can get mangoes, for example, that's out of season. It's not a natural season now, but you can have fruit that's out of season because we're able to transport food quickly from one place to another. Famine isn't as devastating. It still is in some parts of the world, but we're able to provide relief and send relief. You know, you know what's happening across the world. If there's a famine, you hear it on news. You hear it on the internet. You can see it on Facebook or Twitter, whatever. You hear about situations, and you're able to help people in communities far across the world. And you can give online and help them. But that was not how it was then. There was no way for anyone to know if one community was in a famine. They would die. And the only way people would know is that some traveler was passing years later and they'd find out that this community was wiped out. There was no way for them to know. And as this brand new community was beginning to flourish... As people started to believe in this amazing thing called community that Jesus introduced, they were coming together, different people, backgrounds, coming together to celebrate and be part of this loving community that Jesus talked about. And Paul and Barnabas went out, and this is many years later after Jesus talked about this, and you find this amazing story in Acts chapter 11 that, again, Luke describes. And here's the background. It was in Antioch. A city far away from Jerusalem. In fact, almost 12,000 kilometers away. And the message of Jesus had got there. And one of them, a prophet at that time had come. His name was Agabus. And he stood up and he spoke to the people. He said this, that God has spoken to me. And there's going to be a famine that's going to affect the whole entire Roman world. Across And they knew what this represented. This represented that people are going to die. That people are not going to live past this because there would be devastation. There would be no crops. There would be no livestock. They would die. And here you have the genesis of the word charity. You know what charity is? You know what the real word charity means? Anyone? You say, well, it's charity. We're giving to charity. You know what charity is? It's love. That's what it is. Charity means love. Right? We talk about charities in our world. And charities do what? They do good, right? They give to people. Well, charity comes from the word love. You're giving out a love. And again, this did not exist back in the world. Because you, there were kingdoms against kingdoms. You wouldn't care about your enemy dying. Because it'll be, you'd celebrate if they died. Because hey... We're not going to have to fight them. They're going to family take care of them themselves. We're not going to go out of our way to help someone because if we give what we have, we won't have enough. 
We have just enough crops. We have just enough livestock. So most people in the ancient world weren't going around doing good. They were taking care of themselves. And that's what Jesus changed to make it real community. So when Agabus, this prophet, stood up in Acts chapter 11, this is what he said. There's going to be a famine all across the the world. And this is what the people, the Christ followers, the Jesus community people decided to do. And you find this in Acts chapter 11 verse 29. It says this, The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. You might read that and think, oh, that's great, they just gave. But I don't, you, don't, you don't understand the gravity of that statement. You don't understand the context of what that actually meant. They were helping people in a community they had never heard of, they would never encounter, and they would never visit in their life. In fact, they weren't even the same background as them. I know you're not understanding how this means because we do it naturally in our world. We just give to people across the world and we, doesn't even, we don't even think about it. But they gave out of something. This was 12,000 kilometers away. They would never have heard of these people. They would never have encountered them. None of them would have ever experienced anything. They had nothing in common with this other community. But they gave out of the generosity of their heart because they had encountered something so transformative, the love of community that prompted them to do something amazing. They gave out of what they had. They might not have even had enough, but they gave because they cared about what's happening in another community across the world to them, 12,000 kilometers away. You don't see this happen before. You read history. Read history and see how generous people were in the ancient world. They weren't generous at all. They were interested in, in capturing, murdering, pillaging, and destroying. Here you have people that are giving out of what they have to help another community that they would never, ever encounter. In fact, they would never even know what happened. We get instant feedback. Hey, we gave to these people across the world. Here's a gift bag we're giving, and they put it up on Facebook. We did this. They would have never have heard what happened to these people. They would have never known if they did good or not. They didn't do it because they wanted to see what the reward was. They did it because of the generosity of their heart towards community and towards their commitment to Jesus. And it's amazing because we often don't understand what that actually meant. They did it with no understanding of what reward they would ever get. They did it out of generosity. They did it out of community because they had encountered something so transformative that their way of thinking and their way of living was forever changed because of the love of Jesus. He showed them A brand new community. And what I want you to understand today is that you are part of the same amazing community. This community that comes together in love, that embraces, even though we might not understand what other people go through, even though we might not see what other people go through, we are part of something so amazing Because we're part of this community that's focused and built around Jesus. It had never existed like this before. 
And so, yes, Jesus comes to transform our lives, but he also transforms the world. It is forever changed because of Jesus' introduction of what true community actually means. This had never happened before. Don't underestimate how powerful and life-changing the simple act of generosity to people across the world that they would never encounter actually meant. They did it out of love. They did it out of care. They did it because they believed in community even when they could not physically be there. See, you can be part of something really special. If you've never encountered Jesus, you never encounter the power that exists through him. Not just to change your thinking, but to change your living. Because he does it not just on one level, but on multiple levels. And so each of us in this Jesus community have been given a unique gift, a unique talent, a unique opportunity to help and transform the world. In us, in our very DNA, exists the power of transformation that comes through encountering Jesus. Because it's through his exploration of what community is and his impartation into our lives that we can be transformed and help transform people around us because of the power that exists through encounter with Jesus. All of us have been given a unique opportunity to contribute. Whether we give time, whether we give finances, whether we give a word of encouragement, whether whatever we give, we have been uniquely created by God, I, this is, I fundamentally believe this, because you never find a duplicate. Because we're all unique. There's never a duplicate in the, in the things that God creates. You know, you look at these chairs, they might be exactly the same, but you never look at another human being again. You'll never see the same face in another human being as you do in yours. We're all uniquely created, and we have been given unique gifts and talents that God has given us to help us give into community that will help elevate everyone in our community to something better. And when you don't give, you deprive not just yourself, but you deprive community and the growth of your community because we can't grow, they can't grow, all of us can't grow because you're not giving your gift into a community that's going to benefit from your uniqueness. And every single one of us, there's something every single one of us can do. You might say, well, I don't have any talents, I don't have any gifts. You can do something. You can talk to a person. You can hug a person as you heard. You can give someone a meal. You can have a conversation with someone that's lonely or going through some sort of situation. There's something that you can contribute to people in your community that's vital, that can come from only you. And when you don't do that, you deprive your community of maturation and growth. The only thing you can do to do that is just sit down and do nothing. If you don't want to share, if you don't want to give, you make it all about you. But when you give, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, you add on and you contribute to people around you. And what I love about Transform is that just like Jesus talked about, you can be part of this community before you belong. You can belong before you believe. 
Because Jesus took people on a journey. They didn't have to believe as soon as they encountered him. They could follow him and believe later. But you could belong. And so that's what is great about Jesus' community. Is that you can belong in this community before you believe. You're welcome here. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to ask things. It's okay to say, I don't even understand what God is doing. I don't even know if there is a God. It's okay to be part of a community. Because you can feel the love. You can feel the connection. You can belong before you believe. And that was radically different again to what that first century world was like. You had to believe in something. You had to commit to something. You had to be part of a family. You had to be part of a tribe before you could be part of a community. But Jesus changed it again. You could belong to community, the Jesus community, before you believe. Which was so amazing. And so what I want to leave you with today, as we conclude, because I know you want some food in your belly. (laughs) You want to taste some... Different community food, right? But I want to say this. If you've never encountered Jesus, there's so many things you're missing out on. You don't experience the true love and true transformation that comes only from deciding to put your life in Jesus' hands. From deciding to follow Jesus. He is the true transformation in the world. He helps, he helps us restore life. He helps us mend broken relationships. He, help us, he helps us build strong community where people like us from various parts of the world can come together and celebrate because he's central to who we are and what we do. And we don't do good just in this place. We do good across our community. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions like I always do before we close. And number one is this. How can you stop observing and start engaging in this community? You know, many of us, we sit on the sidelines, as I said before, and we disqualify ourselves. Like, I'm not good enough. I don't have the skills. I don't have the talents. I've not been here long enough. I don't know everything. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to get... You know, know the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. You don't have to quote anything to help someone, do you? To smile at someone, do you need to know? Memorize scripture? To hug someone, do you need to know anything? To sit down with a meal with someone, do you need to know something? How can you stop observing and start engaging. I want you to think about this week, this week. Think about it. Wherever you are in whatever community you exist in, whatever world you exist in, whether it's at work, whether it's at school, whether it's at church, whether it's in your family, wherever it may be, it's time to stop observing and start engaging. So what one step can you do this week? Maybe it's just making a phone call to someone and say, hey, want to catch up for a coffee? Or maybe it's, Saying, hey, I'm going to help out, you know. This, like, for example, these people that put on this event today, they gave because they care about community. They care about you. They asked you to come, and they've put a lot of work into it so you can come and enjoy and taste and see and all the things. But they didn't do it because they want a reward. They did it because of love for community. They engaged. 
So maybe you can say, hey, I, I want to volunteer. And, yeah, I can't do much. I can do maybe once every six months. Hey, that's great. Once every six months, wherever you are, whatever stage you're at, you're welcome to be part of community. If it's once every six months, if it's once a week, if it's 10 times a week or it's once a year, however much you choose to be engaged, it's up to you. But we want to welcome you and let you know that you can be part of Team Transform because we're part of community. And number two, what do you think you have to contribute to community? Now I said before, all of you have something unique. What can you contribute? Think about it. Think about it this week. What can you contribute? Because your world is not always about you. You can make change and transform community and help community by a simple act of generosity, of giving time, sitting down with someone. Maybe there's people in your world or your neighborhood that's old and don't have anyone to talk to and you can sit down with them for five minutes, ten minutes, have a conversation with them, around saying, I have to rush to this place or that way. How can you contribute? How can you invite someone over? How can you sit down with someone? How can you give of something that you have so much that you throw stuff away because not because you don't, it's not useful anymore, it's just because you got something new. We have so much overflowing in our world. We throw stuff away, not because it's broken or anything, it's just because it's new. It's like, hey, I got a new phone. What am I going to do with this one? Well, maybe I'll sell it or give it away. Was the old phone not working? No, it was perfectly working. We just want something new. And so we live in a world that is overflowing with excess. There's something in your world, there's something in your life that you can contribute to someone in need that you don't even have a need for anymore. Think about your life, your experience, something that you can share, some wisdom you can share with someone else that you went through in a certain situation that you can share with someone. Hey, you know, my marriage was in trouble and I did this and it helped us through. My friendship was in trouble and this is what happened and this is what I did, so this is what I did. Knowledge, wisdom, all of it comes from sharing in community. Is that okay? All right. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.